So 2000 years ago, some early Roman road engineers had designed the first version of roads. If we were to see these things, we'd go, no, they're a little bit more like paths, pretty narrow, a little bit more than a meter wide. So why is this important? Well, centuries later in England, they started to build the tram lines and they used this original path width as kind of like a constraint. So they set up the tracks four feet, 8.5 inches apart. So the same exact width as these early Roman roads or paths. So why is this important? Well, years later in the United States, they started to build a network, a railway network across the country. And yes, the width was exactly the same, four feet, 8.5 inches. There was one train line in particular that ran from Utah to Florida. And it turns out that when they went to put the space shuttle into outer space, they needed to transport some solid fuel rocket engines from Utah to Florida. So they put them on the train lines. And this meant that the width of the solid fuel engines was constrained to the same width, four feet, 8.5 inches, or a little bit more than a meter. So what we can see is that the width of the solid fuel engines was exactly the same as the early paths built by the Roman road engineers thousands of years ago. This is called path dependence or lock-in. We can see that the original constraint dictated something thousands of years later, completely unrelated. Today I wanna to talk about innovation, but before I talk about innovation, we need to understand path dependence and this concept called lock-in. So what is lock-in? Lock-in is also the same reason why when you look down at your keyboard, you're gonna have the letters on the top row, Q-W-E-R-T-Y, QWERTY keyboard. This was an old constraint that got carried forward. It's not the most efficient layout for today, but it's what we do. It's been there for a while, so we continue with it. This is the same thing, path dependence, lock-in. It's a continuation of an old pattern or habit, usually at an organizational business level, into today. So when we think about this, what it means is lock-in is really saying that today's practice that we're doing right here, right now, is actually yesterday's practice. We carry things forward, kind of like a habit for a business. So we need to understand this lock-in a little bit because it's basically the stop uh, of innovation. It's the block for innovation. Everyone's talking about innovation right now, pivoting innovation because of the COVID-19, the coronavirus shutdown, and a lot of businesses have had to change. So we'll talk a little bit about that more later. So path dependence or lock-in, four steps. How does it come about? Number one, we've got a problem. I need to do content. I need to solve a problem in the business. I need to um, create a change with this customer. I need to sell them something. So we've got a problem. We come up with a solution and it works. And we go, oh, that's some good feedback. This thing worked, cool. This now becomes a proven practice, right? Because we got a solution from it, so it was a good practice. Then we, we do it again, and we do it maybe a few times. So we copy the practice because it worked. What do you know? It works three, four, five more times. It's become proven. We calm down a little bit. We don't need to stress. We have an idea about how to do things, right? Cool. Next step is it spreads across the organization. So we tell our co-founder, our business partner, our friends about it. Hey, try this way of doing it. Uh, it might work for you, it works for me. That's now a uh, organizationally preferred practice 
or basically a best practice in your business. Great, makes things easier, right? Well, now the next step, the final step is lock-in. This means that you will build uh, operating procedures, manuals for your coaches, your trainers, your staff. Uh, you'll build ways of doing things and this will allow someone else to come in who's new and they're gonna take this manual and do exactly the same thing. And if they deviate from the path, usually they'll get reprimanded or they'll be kind of like, uh, you know, pulled up on it because that was how we do things. So now you have lock-in, you have path dependence. So path dependence, of course, is good in some ways because it's fast, um, it allows us to do things that are proven, it allows us to scale. Uh, but of course, it's also got a lot of vulnerabilities uh, associated with it because it closes us down to innovation. It means that we don't create anything new. It means that we're vulnerable as a business because alongside marketing, innovation is one of the key pillars of any business. And it really just leaves us in a place that's quite stale. And we all can think of kind of the older organizations that get really stale and sluggish. A lot of lock and a lot of path dependence, especially in big organizations as well. So why does lock-in come about? How do we break it? Well, when we solve the original problem, any problem, we'll tend to go to our peers, to our mentors, to authorities, and we'll look up on Google. And what we'll be doing is just reaching out to a group of people. It turns out that we will tend to reach out to these same people, the same sources all the time. So from the very beginning, we're starting to see how lock-in can shape up because we're getting conditioned by the same group, the same people. Uh, secondly, is we have the same group of peers. So, you know, when we look across, even if we don't reach out directly, we'll see the industry best practice by looking at other people who have been there before us and will tend to replicate or copy something that seems to be working. So that's kind of number two. Uh, number three is that we come from a place of fear quite often. So as soon as something's working, why would we change it? Uh, we're afraid to change it, especially if we're a contractor or working in a business. To speak up is scary, to raise our hand is scary, to make an assertion against the organization or contrary is often really scary. So we just don't do it. And as we can see, lock-in evolves very quickly and becomes you know, basically the status quo. So a couple of things to recognize the way that we can break this, the way that we can see it, because if we're gonna innovate, and I'll talk about that in a second, if we're gonna innovate, we need to be able to see this lock-in and understand what we can do. Otherwise, when we try to innovate, we're bringing all of the same stuff into that process. So the first one is to recognize that it's there. Lock-in, part dependence, your habitual way of doing things is, is there. It's there by default, it always will be. It's just, can we change it? Can we break it? Can we see it? So recognizing it's there, number one. Number two is recognizing that we as humans are bringing our own cognitive biases, our own conditioning into any problem-solving situation. So if you're trying to figure out how to do content for your business and you're not sure, um, you're gonna be bringing in your previous 20, 30 years of problem-solving skills into that space. So you're gonna be thinking about the problem with the same level of diversity that you've always had unless you reach out to new people and bring new people in. So for me, this is why I like to uh, get creatives around me, hang out with videographers, cinematographers, DJs, artists, um, brand experts, people who see the world differently, and I'll reach out to them and see what they think because they'll have a completely different conditioning, completely different way of approaching the problem, 
a completely different way of thinking which can help to break my path dependence and then help to innovate. Uh, then the next bit is to just recognize that um, it's not going to be comfortable to break something that's already working. So path dependence is effective or it's common because the thing is working. So people say don't reinvent the wheel. Innovation is asking us, the innovators ask is really to break the wheel, to break path dependence even though we're getting a reasonable result out of it. Uh, so that's the final bit is to recognize it's not easy. Now let's talk a little bit about innovation because when we go to flip and innovate, we're moving against this, this path dependence or this lock-in effect or this habit. Um, there's a couple of things here. Everybody's talking about innovation, right? This can happen two ways. One, it can be on the back foot. One can be on the front foot. Back foot innovation is what we're seeing a lot of at the moment. People are talking about it, need to innovate, innovate, innovate. What's really happened is we've seen a lot of businesses come into a position where they have a lack of resources. And this brings a scarcity uh, mindset or a scarce position most often. I'm generalizing here, but typically what happened is for most businesses, they lost access to uh, a customer segment or a delivery channel. And what this meant was they went, okay, uh, I'm going to have to innovate here. And this is really more like a forced adaptation, not necessarily a creative innovation. So yes, it is a way of changing. No, it's not ideal. When we think about innovation, a lot of times people think about this, you know, um, big jump and these kind of stressful situations when we need to innovate. Um, really what we want to do is shift towards this kind of forward leaning posture, which is like, yeah, we want to innovate. We've got the resources, things are already working and we're going to break things up. We're going to change something. Uh, we're going to get someone in. We're going to you know, mix it up, do some ideation work. Even though it's already working, we're going to break our own path to create something new and see if we can evolve. So innovation really is an ongoing concept. It can be uh, linear. It can be small. It can be fun. It can be non-stressful. It doesn't need to be uh, you know, intense and crazy. Uh, like a lot of what we've seen. So if you have just gone through a lot of change in the business, go, okay, cool. We had to pivot. We had to, we had forced, um, a forced break of the path dependence or the lock-in, our way of doing things caused a lot of pain for people. This was an adaptive uh, period. It was quite stressful for a lot of people. Now we can calm down a little bit. We've got some time. The question is how do we shift ourselves into a more of an innovator's mindset and look at voluntarily questioning how we do things and go, okay, cool. Now that we know what we know about how we did all of this, what do we wanna do going forward? Are we gonna build an asset here out of what we've created? Are we gonna to continue to keep things as they were originally? Um, who else could we bring in to ask about this? How is it all working? Is the original problem that we thought we were solving as a business the same? Is the problem set different? Do we need to look at things differently? And this puts us into a front foot posture. We can bring in a lot of diversity, bring in people from all areas of the business, uh, do some ideation work and bring those minds together and kind of think about it a little bit more differently. That continual stance of innovation, uh, that forward leaning kind of continual um, change in creativity can only come when we're not in a stressed state. So we wanna see an abundant state, we wanna see a calm state, uh, then we can bring in the creativity. 
and you, a lot of you will feel this, you'll be thinking about content creation, something that you're doing, and when you're stressed and you're trying to figure it out because you feel like you have to, you're gonna copy people, you're gonna do things, um, the status quo, uh, even though you try to be different, you're gonna feel like, yeah, I'm really just doing whatever, what else is going on around me, whereas um, once you get used to it and you relax into it, and I talked about this in that consistency episode a couple of times ago, is you get to play with it, you get to be creative with it, and that's what we're looking for, that's the innovation that we're seeking. Um, so let's move forward, let's bring the minds together and move into that kind of abundance space, see what we can create going forward, uh, because now is a really big, uh, there's a lot of big opportunity, a really cool time for small business. Thanks so much for listening, I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you on the next little episode. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that one. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying these podcasts, make sure you jump across to the daily blog, sign up for that. A little short email comes to your inbox each day, 12 p.m. Uh, the blog is kind of where the thought kernels happen. It's where the original ideas come. It's kind of where I focus a lot of the attention uh, and a lot of the work. And it's kind of where everything started. So jump over there, johntmarsh.com. You can sign up for the daily blog. Again, appreciate you for listening. Thanks so much. See you on the next episode.